wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. And comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Welcome into the Locked On Royals podcast, this time a mailbag edition, and you guys sent in so many questions that this episode is going to take two parts to get through every single one of them. I'm your host, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on there, you can answer these questions with me, and you can also send in questions of your own to be answered on a future episode. Before we get into the questions, let's discuss some MLB news that we've kind of missed. As you know, we are locked on Royals, but we still take a look outside of just Kansas City. For those of you who don't have time to keep up with it on your own, you can use this podcast and not only be caught up to date on the Royals, but also the entire MLB. The Astros hired Dusty Baker and also James Click as their manager and general manager, respectively. Click comes from the Tampa Bay Rays and... That automatically, in my opinion, makes it a great move. Anytime you can steal somebody from that Rays front office, I think that you have to do it. The Rays have produced so many great GMs, so many great front office members. Click is going to be the next in line for that. What they do in Tampa Bay is special, and and it's really underrated by most baseball fans. I love that hire for the Astros. Dusty Baker is on a one-year deal, so he can either prove that he's worthy of this job and keep it long-term in the offseason, they re-sign him, or he's just a guy to keep everything afloat this season, and then the Astros go back and try to get their permanent manager in the offseason. So I like that deal as well. There's no harm in a one-year deal, and it's better than promoting somebody from within your organization, especially given the fact that your organization is stained with sign-stealing and whatnot. I think Dusty Baker will do a good job in the sense of he has the talent to. All you have to do for the Astros, really, is fill out a lineup card. Now, managing the bullpen is going to be difficult for Dusty Baker, I think. But in terms of the lineup and the day-in and day-out offensive production, for the Astros, even without them banging on trash cans and stealing signs, all you really need to do is fill out the lineup card and let them go play. They are very talented, and that's what made the sign stealing so much worse, because they were talented. They are talented. They didn't need to do that. They were already one of the best in the sport without cheating. So... I think that this is two good hires for the Astros to really kind of get them moving in the right direction. Obviously, with the pitchers and catchers reporting next week and you know the start of spring training, their owner has already said that the team is going to apologize at the start of spring training to the media and, of course, to everyone involved in baseball, including the fans and the other teams, etc. I think that this is not going to go away this year. There's never going to be a series that goes by. That this, that this does not get brought up. Maybe interdivision series because you play them so often. In the, in, the, in the AL West, maybe, after the first couple times you visit somewhere, maybe 
the storyline will die down. But every time you go to a new park and you go to a new place this season, it's going to get brought right back up. So it's going to be difficult for them to move past that, but I don't think it will really affect their play that much. So another piece of news is Mookie Betts, and the trade is coming, according to Ken Rosenthal. He said on the Hot Stove episode on MLB Network earlier this week, I believe on Monday, that it's no longer a question of if he'll be traded, it's just when and for how much and where, of course. I think that this trade is going to impact baseball because you're looking at arguably the second best player in the sport. So I wonder where he's going to land. Right now, I'm thinking it's going to be the Dodgers. I mean, I just don't think that the Padres have a package to go get him. I know the Padres love him and the Padres want him. I don't think that they have a package good enough to go get him. The Red Sox are probably going to tack on David Price to this to dip under the luxury tax and kind of have some salary relief. I think if you, if they do that, if they follow through with that, and it's Mookie Betts and David Price, then the Padres can get back in the game a little bit because if you're taking back that Price contract, you're taking out some top-tier prospects. So it's hurting Mookie Betts' value if you do that. So it's up to the Red Sox what they want to do for there. I would just trade Mookie Betts by himself. I think that David Price's contract, while it is huge, it's not so bloated that you cannot trade David Price separately. You don't have to pair him with the second best player in the sport to get rid of him. I think that they'll I think that they should just trade Mookie by himself and then worry about David Price here in a couple weeks, but they also need to trade him. You cannot leak out to the media how you want to get rid of these players, Betts and Price, and then have them show up to spring training. Have them show up to Florida in a couple weeks. And just supposed to be on the team and answer all these questions about them wanting to be traded and, and things like that. So that's going to be interesting on that side. In the Cactus League, it's going to be interesting for Nolan Arenado. I mean, the same thing. There, there's been a back and forth that's kind of died down now. But is, are, is he going to get traded? Does he want to be traded? Do, they, do the Rockies even want him there? Are the Rockies just searching for a way to get out of his contract? I feel like that situation has died down, which normally doesn't happen. Normally it just, it just crescendos into a, into a trade. But it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. I think by spring training, Mookie Betts is traded. He will not report to the Red Sox whatsoever. And then as for Chris Bryant and Nolan Leonardo, I think that they're going to report to their teams, and maybe there's a trade done by the trade deadline, but probably not. I think that I think that they're probably going to spend the entire season on their respective teams. And, and just as I say that, whenever I end this episode and – and post it, there's going to be a breaking news that all three of them got traded. So we'll see how that goes. One last bit of news. This is just kind of a cool story. The Phillies are going to retire Roy Holiday's number 34 on the anniversary of his perfect game on May 29th. I think that that's awesome. Of course, Roy Holiday tragically passed away in a helicopter accident. And the, the Blue Jays already retired his number, I believe. I believe that they did that last year. And now the Phillies are going to join them. Of course, he played for both franchises and was phenomenal for both franchises. Uh, and doing it on the anniversary, I think, is really cool. It's it's a special, it's a special day already in baseball history, and it gets even it gets even more special now for Phillies fans that that that's the, not only the day of the of the perfect game, but also the day of the retirement ceremony for the jersey. That's going to be an emotional one for Philadelphia. I haven't looked at who they play on the 29th, but still, it'll be a fun game to watch. So let's get into it. We're going to start today. With Twitter questions, we'll have Reddit questions tomorrow, and then we'll be back to normal episodes for Thursday and Friday. So, starting on Twitter, 
Nick Peters asks, can Greg Holland earn an opening day roster spot? Well, like I told him on Twitter, can he? Yes. Will he? Also yes. I mean, I think that if Greg Holland is healthy, he will be on the roster. And he even has, if he has a decent spring, if he has a decent spring training and he's healthy, he will be on the roster. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, whenever we talked about them signing him, number one, the nostalgia factor is going to be huge in selling tickets and selling this team and marketing this team. Number two, the bullpen is in disarray and you need all the help you can get. So just plug and play, guys, until you find the right method. Greg Holland would be a guy who can start in the big leagues, see if he works out. If he doesn't, sayonara, you, you lose out in a million dollars. Oh, well. Number three, if Greg Holland is anything of value, you can trade him for at least a couple prospects at the deadline. It just makes sense for him to be on the big league roster. It just works for him to be at the big league roster. And I think that he will be, of course, as long as he's healthy. The health is a big concern for me. We'll see how he looks in Surprise, Arizona in a couple weeks. This one from Austin. Nick, do you live in the Kansas City area, and will you be going to all Royals games? First, no, I do not live in the Kansas City area. I actually live in Oklahoma. I'm a college student. I actually work a full-time job outside of this podcast, which is not a full-time job, but it's pretty fun anyway. So I, I do this podcast for a living, and I also have a full-time job uh, at my university as, as the sports information assistant, which is basically you know just PR for the athletic department, articles, news, everything like that for the athletic department. Uh, it's a fun job. And then I also do play-by-play play for Oklahoma sports, high school sports and football and basketball. So I've, I have three full-time jobs, and there are, two of them are in Oklahoma. So no, I don't live in Kansas City, uh, but I will be trying to go to a few Royals games, obviously. I usually go to them every year. Now, doing this podcast for the first time, uh, I can try to go as the as a member of the media and get some audio for you guys, get some questions. And so let me let me talk about that for a second uh, as Austin Nick brings it up. Uh, yes, I'll be able to get credentialed for various things. Um, I know that the the other Locked On podcasts that I listen to have guys uh, and girls get credentials and, and go do interviews and things like that. Uh, my plan right now is to at least get to Kansas City two times to see the Royals, you know, for two different series as a member of the media, uh, and also try to get down to Texas and see the new ballpark and 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 do some stories around that uh, because I live in Southern Oklahoma, which means I'm I'm pretty close to Dallas, just three hours away. So that's the plan right now for sure. Also, the 100% plan, which is no ifs, ands, or buts. When Omaha comes to Oklahoma City, they're in the, of course, AAA in the Pacific Coast League, so they play Oklahoma City a ton. When they come to Oklahoma City, I've already planned it out to where I'm going to go up there uh, and do a few interviews with some of the prospects, because I know that a big focus this year is going to be that farm system, and we're going to have Farm Fridays on this show where we talk about only the minor leagues and who's doing well, who's who's not doing so well, who's on the verge of being called up, etc., etc., so I know for sure that I'm going to go to the Omaha games whenever they are in Oklahoma City. Omaha, of course, the, the Royals AAA affiliate. So talk to some of those guys, talk to some of those prospects, see how they're doing, how they're feeling about you know their season so far. They come to Oklahoma City about midway through their season. So that'll be interesting, I think, to get some audio and get some interviews from uh, some of the top prospects for the Royals who wind up in AAA. So to recap, no, I do not live in Kansas City. 
And I will not be going to every Royals game, but I will be going to a few series. Another another option I had, which I haven't really worked through with the higher ups, is to try to go to St. Louis as well. Uh, whenever the Royals make a return trip to St. Louis, uh, which I couldn't find on the schedule, but I think that they obviously do. Uh, if they make a return trip to St. Louis, uh, to go there and and do a, a story kind of around Mike Matheny, how he's done with the Royals to that point. Uh, what's changed since the last time he was in St. Louis? Talk to some of the people that were there in, in St. Louis and also on the Royals now uh, playing under him and see how they're kind of differing. I think that'd be a cool angle to take. But again, there's a lot of logistics to work out, so I'm not quite sure on that. The only thing the only thing I'm 100% sure on is, one, I will be going to a couple of Royals games this year. And I'll let you guys know when that is. We can have a meetup or do whatever you guys want to do for that. So I will be going to attend some of those. I don't know if it'll be as a member of the media or as a fan. It doesn't really matter to me, honestly. Uh, and then two, I will 100% sure be going to the Oklahoma City Dodgers and the Omaha Storm Chasers games whenever they are in town to get some audio and some interviews for you guys because I know, again, how important the prospects will be for this season and beyond. So Austin Nick asks again, what are your opinions of the K? And he mentions parking layout experience. And as you know, I have been to the K 20,000 times it feels like. So I have a pretty good grasp of this question, despite not living in Kansas City, and we'll answer it right after the break. All right, so the final question of the day from Austin Nick on Twitter. What are your opinions of the K, the parking, the layout experience, and also, are there any changes that you would make to the K? Well, let's start with parking. I think that the parking obviously works. Obviously, it does not work for the Chiefs. The Chiefs, you take five hours to get out of the parking lot. Uh, But for the Royals, on a normal game, this is obviously different for the playoffs in the World Series. But for a normal game in June, the parking is, is simple to me. You, you come in, you park, you walk to the stadium, you walk out, and you leave. I think it, it's the perfect parking. And I think that this might be the most hesitation I have for the downtown park uh, philosophy. There's obviously That's obviously very divisive in the Royals fan base. Is should there be a downtown ballpark? Should they keep it right here? Uh where it's at in the Truman Complex. I think that the parking is what's going to be my big thing of being weary of moving it to downtown. I think the downtown experience, the downtown atmosphere, the downtown scenery behind the ballpark, whenever you're watching on TV even, and makes it look like a happening place to be. I think all those are very positive, but the parking is what concerns me because as everyone knows, no one likes to try to find parking. No one likes to try to uh, sit in parking lots and garages and stuff like that. And it also ruins tailgating, which a lot of people love to do. And you might, if you don't listen from a Kansas City perspective, or you're a fan that hasn't really gotten out to the K recently or ever, because there's some fans who live out of, out of market and just can't get out there, there is surprisingly a lot of tailgating for the Royals. Even when they're bad, even when they're good, even whenever it's the middle of G- uh, July, it doesn't matter. Every game you can find some people tailgating and having fun, even bringing uh, vans and RVs out there uh, and everything like that. So the tailgating is a big scene in, in Kansas City, not just for the Chiefs, but for the Royals as well. And you would kind of hate to lose that piece of history, if you want to say, um, a piece of your fan base in the sense of people registered tailgating with Kansas City. You freaking animals line up five hours before Chiefs games, line up a day before a Chiefs game uh, for big games to tailgate. Did the same thing for the Royals whenever they were in the big games and in the playoffs. So I think that losing that parking and losing that tailgate experience would be 
the two knocks. Everything else though kind of favors downtown. So it's kind of just what do you what do you like? Do you like the atmosphere of downtown more than parking? Do you like the scenery of downtown in the background more than parking? Or do you like tailgating and parking better as your options? Because right now you look out from from the price chopper sections, which used to be the high V sections back in my day, but we're not going to talk about that. You look out to and see a highway. If it was downtown, you could feasibly build it somewhere and see a skyline or something like that of Kansas City. So that's what I mean by scenery. Um, but enough about the downtown ballpark, which you can let me know what you guys think if you want the downtown ballpark or not. I think it's not going to happen. I think they're going to keep the K the way it is. The K is a beautiful ballpark uh, and things like that. So let's talk about the K right now. Parking, of course, is great to me. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, layout of the K, if you mean like like the seating and, and the experience in the sense of layout of us, the fans, I love it. I think that there's not a bad seat at the K. You can sit anywhere in the ballpark and see everything uh, and enjoy the game. I mean, even, like I said, the price chopper section, way up there, you still get a phenomenal view of the action, and you're not too far away. Uh, you're just perfectly aligned with what's going on. I, I love sitting up there. The outfield seats are awesome. By the fountain is awesome. There's there's truly not a bad place to sit at the K. So the layout for the fans is amazing. The layout for the team in terms of the actual field, if that's what you're going at, uh, obviously it's just... What do you enjoy about baseball? Do you enjoy defense? Do you enjoy speed? Do you enjoy um, all the things that go with power alleys and, and big outfields? Or do you enjoy home runs? Because with the layout on the field, you're going to take away a few home runs because of just how big it is. So if you mean for the fans, it's excellent. If you mean for the field itself and the players, it's kind of just pick whatever you enjoy about baseball. Some people enjoy defense and speed. Some people enjoy power and you know the, the excitement of a home run that can like with a snap of a finger get you back into a ball game. So again, those are the two answers for that. And then lastly, experience. I think that the fan experience is great. I mean, uh, we'll talk about what I'm going to change about it here in a second as your second part of this question, Austin Nick. But the experience, I haven't had a bad one ever at the K. The fans are great. You know, maybe maybe I've gotten lucky by sitting around great fans every time I go. But the fans are great. The in-house entertainment is fun. It's funny. Uh, they, they don't do too much. They don't do too little. The, the you know so the in-house entertainment is awesome. The the even so much as the graphics on the scoreboard and the uh, in-house production of that scoreboard and Crown Vision and and the things around that that's all well produced. That's all very good. I think that the experience is top notch, and so I really enjoy going to the K. Of course, you have the the fountains and everything as well to make the experience even better. Uh, and all the surrounding areas, like the stores and stuff, are pretty cool too. Uh, you know, inside the ballpark, the team shop and things like that. Uh, and then your last part of this question, which will be the end of this episode. Are there any changes you would make to the K? Honestly, the only, and we'll talk about this surprisingly on the Reddit questions again. The only thing that I've heard bad about the K is the concessions. And I've never, like partaked in eating at the K. I've gotten drinks, which you can't really mess up. So I'm not one to say if this is right or wrong, but the overwhelming majority of people say the food experience is terrible. Uh, the hot dogs specifically are disgusting, which there was like a whole investigation on that uh, a few years ago. So I would make the concessions better for people because it sounds like that's a huge problem. But again, I've never had any like food or anything at the K. 
I just go get a, get a bottle of water, get some Coke, get something to drink, uh, and that's pretty much it. So thank you all for sending in questions for the Twitter portion of the mailbag. We have a ton more from Reddit, which will be on Thursday, which will be on Wednesday, and then on Thursday and Friday we'll get back to just normal Royals coverage. So again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Send me your answers to each of these questions, and also questions that you have of your own. And tomorrow we'll be answering Reddit questions. So be good, and be good. So another one. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>